Hey, Ian. Hey, Joe. How you feel about a year of Pillow Talk? Wow. Welcome to Pillow Talk, a what the hell is a pastor Patreon perk, featuring conversations on only the most serious topics, taking place right before bedtime. Let's have a listen, shall we? Accursed year. <laughs> you know, it's not the best year in the history of my life. Oh, is it? Has it, is it the? I don't know if it's the worst. Definitely not the worst. Yeah. No, just been a, it's been a wild year. It's been a bananas year. Yeah, yeah. Which we already, we already had this episode where we talked about how crazy twenty twenty one was. It's true. We did do that. Um, at the Alamo yesterday, uh, somebody asked me how things were going, and I was like, you know, it's been a bit bananas. And he was like, not apples or oranges. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so listeners, for this, this one-year anniversary slash beginning of a new year, we asked for some questions. And we have questions now. So we're going to do kind of a rapid-fire many questions pillow talk for your listening delight. And this is all going to be like... Ian has not seen any of these questions except for the ones that he did see. Ian saw some of the questions, so we are going to randomize them. And so what I'm going to do is I have numbered the questions. And so, Ian, pick a number between 1 and 12. Ooh, ooh, uh, uh, 7. 7. Uh, who is the best Lord of the Rings character? Dobby. Next question. Ian, <laughs> that's so bad. I was going to answer the Balrog, and I thought I was winning <laughs> in terms of the, the trolley answer. Um, but you've never seen, you've never read the books. Nope. You've never seen all the movies. I've just seen The Fellowship of the Ring uh, three times. Okay, well, we're going we're gonna to watch The Two Towers next. That's Maybe. a goal. Maybe we'll, we'll do that <laughs> as a stream for our patrons. <laughs> Um, but yeah, out of the characters that you know so far, who is your favorite? Oh, I can't, I, we can't stick with Dobby? No, we're not going to stick with Dobby. <laughs> Damn. But Dobby's a free elf. Yeah. You know how, who else is a free elf? Like Legolas and all of the rest of the elves. <laughs> um, oh man, I, the tree boys are fun, I guess. The Ents? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you Treebeard. I think that's fun. I'm trying to think for myself. I mean, like, I feel like I got to go with Eowyn, who you don't even know yet. No. So we'll do that. We'll say Eowyn. And you can all come fight me. But, like, Eowyn is the reason I am who I am today. So I'm going to stick with that. Okay. Uh, give me another number. One through 12. Mm, four. Four. Uh, <laughs> how many communions will it take to consume a whole Jesus? Mm. You know, I, I, I think it's actually uh, the answer is is. Uh, so, are we asking for like me as an individual to like can how many communions do I have do I need to partake to have consumed Jesus once? Um, I never thought that there was any other way to take this question. So, I mean, because I like, I guess you got to be like uh, the. Uh, every time you, pres- like, uh, for every communion, the, the loaf becomes, like, the entirety of Jesus. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. And so you could answer the question, like, all right, how, after how many times do you 
have you eaten a full loaf? Or like uh, each each communion service, like one whole Jesus gets consumed by the congregation. Unless there's leftovers. Oh, uh, then it gets consumed by the earth, which isn't the earth part of the congregation too, Joe? Sorry, I'm just thinking back to the time in like intro to worship where I was like, but you have to be... Like, you have to dispose of the elements respectfully. Like, you have to return them to the earth or, like, feed them to the birds. And my professor was like, I mean, aren't they all kind of getting to return to the earth in their own way? Because, you know, like, you poop it out. And I was like, I was, like, genuinely like, I don't like what's happening here. Sometimes sometimes you just gotta punt the loaf. We're not punting Jesus. That's not what we're doing today. Wrong podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I Part of me wants to sit down and do like a mathematical thing of like estimate how, how much Jesus weighed uh, and how much of that would have been fluid and how much of that would have been non-fluid. Are eyeballs fluid? I don't know. Eyeballs have fluid. There's also gas in human bodies. Like, <laughs> what, what? How many farts do you have to smell? <laughs> <laughs> Wet and communion accounts for the gas. Um, why do you think we sing that song, This Is the Air We Breathe? What song is that? This is the air I breathe. Your holy spirit. <laughs> you were saving that one, Ian. This is the gas of Christ, <laughs> broken no, for you. I'm no longer releasing this on the main feed. Um. Anyway, I my actual theological answer to this one, short and sweet, is one. Uh, you consume one Jesus every communion, unless you have the wafers, in which case I guess you need to have like a million communions because those are just mass produced. Mm. So yeah, kind of a going along with your bread thing, your loaf thing. Um, you also have to finish the whole bottle of wine, so enjoy, or I guess the whole you know bottle of Welch's grape juice, which spread around. Because you together consume the body of Christ. There's no, uh, there's no division there. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. Okay, we have done seven and four. What's your next number between one and twelve? Ten. Ten. <clears throat> Ian, explain antimatter. Mm, well, you see, there's matter, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And antimatter goes against matter. Antimatter is matter's enemy, rival, supervillain. <laughs> matter the, is... The Joker to, the, to matter's Batman. Yeah, yeah. Matter, matter is Superman. Antimatter is Lex Luthor. <sighs> Next question. <laughs> Number six. Okay. We'll link to good descriptions <laughs> in the comments. Uh, what are you doing for Lent? <laughs> uh... Uh, I'm not. I'm not doing anything for Lent really this year. I'm doing. Uh, no, that's not true. We're doing uh, the uh, faculty and staff uh, book group during Lent, where we are uh, reading through uh, Kate Bowler's uh, "Good Enough," hmm. um, which is fun. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm leading that for nice. Lent. What are you doing for Lent? I, uh, our lectionary group, just online lectionary group, just happened to start during Lent. Oh. Um, and so 
reading the lectionary, you know, thinking through what happens on Sunday mornings. Uh, I mostly what I'm trying to do during Lent is uh, not think about myself negatively. Okay. So, um, you know, kind of the opposite of the season, but I think it's a good practice. So definitely. Um, the anti-lent, if you will. Mm, like antimatter. Like antimatter. What do you think matter is, though, Ian? Uh. No Superman. Just like genuinely, if you had to explain what matter is to a kid, what would you say? Something that has inertia. Ooh, that's not bad. Matter is. St- stuff mm-hmm. matter is the like things that we interact with and can empirically measure and engage with so things that have mass things that are in motion Things yeah. that uh, have inertia. Yeah, so antimatter uh, is not the opposite of matter in that way. Like, antimatter is not things that do not have mass or things that do not have motion. Um, they're just, like, a positron is an anti-electron. It's an example of antimatter that, like, exists in our universe. And so a positron is the exact same thing as an electron, but with the opposite electrical uh, sign attached to it, charge attached to it. Uh, and so they would annihilate and turn into pure energy uh, and no longer be matter. So uh, antimatter is just uh, like most of the particles that we know, but the opposite. And if it meets the particles that we know, it would annihilate. Actually, at the beginning of the universe, it was like a quick question of whether like matter or antimatter was going to win out and whether the universe was just going to self-annihilate. And I, uh, you know, it could have. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. <laughs> maybe this is all in our heads. Um, maybe we're the photons. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay, give me another number. <laughs> two. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll have to see how this one goes. Uh, I might cut two out. If you switched bodies with each other for a day, what would be the worst part of the experience? Oh. Um... Because we all know that like you would just grab my boobs. Uh, there would be my boobs at that point. <laughs> yeah, so just hang out with your boobs for a day. Take bras on and off. Just practice. <laughs> uh, the worst part of the experience. Uh, the, you got some stuff going on with like your abdomen. And... <laughs> oh, true. I am in constant pain. Yeah, it's sometimes debilitating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with that being the 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 worst thing. Well, then the worst thing for me would be anxiety in your body over whether you experience the pain as badly as I do. Like, (laughs) I perpetually think, like, I am just such a wuss and that my pain is not actually that bad and I should just power through it. Um, So I'd be be interested to see. Man, I would love to switch bodies, like, the day that I have a period. (laughs) Well, like, the week. (laughs) And just see see how you survive. (laughs) Not in a vindictive way, just again, out of curiosity. Like, is it as bad as I think it is? She wants to be vindicated. That's what... I do. I always do. It just hurts a lot. Can Um, I say I believe you? (laughs) I mean, you can, but then I don't know. But you don't know, right? You haven't ever felt it. So. Periods are antimatter for me. (laughs) <laughs> periods the antimatter for men um what was i gonna say what would be the the worst part about being you 
Um, I don't know. I don't understand how you fit into your car. <laughs> like I would like navigating your body into your car. I would just like I would hate hit the head art that my your head that I'm using at the moment on things all the time. I would stub my toes into everything. Like but I would get to have depth perception. Oh, that's true. That's true. That would be another... Maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> that would be another thing that I would uh not enjoy in your body. Like, oh I can't everything looks flat to me. <laughs> I get back in my body the next day. Why is everything hurt more? What did you do? I find bruises just everywhere. Knees are just banged to shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well. Welcome to my life. Um, I don't know. I feel like it'd be fun. Yeah. What would be? Probably you walk funny. I do walk funny. I'd have to, yeah. I, I would, like, I would try to walk regularly in your body and your body would be like, this isn't how we walk. And I'd be like. <laughs> and you would understand, oh, this is why we walk the way we walk. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it would be a very, it would be a fun experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, you know, I don't think I would enjoy peeing standing up. I think that's real stressful. Why is it stressful? Well, because you just, uh, you just got to make sure you hit the bowl. Mm, yeah. And, like, you're not batting 100, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no man does, I assume, having lived with several men. Yeah, like, yeah. none of y'all are perfect at it. Mm, that would be a thing I would enjoy is, like, being able to, like, go to the bathroom at night and without having to turn the light on. <laughs> turn the light on, that's true. I mean, you could also now sit on the toilet and pee. <laughs> no, because you see the problem is... You, your your plumbing, the pee will just it just points down. Yeah. We uh, the we have our plumbing it points kind of out, oh. so I still gotta aim it like down. Yeah, I think you can do it though. You just gotta lean right. Yeah, but that's that's still a lot of work. Okay. <laughs> it's 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 that's it's more work to do that than turning the light on. I don't know. The pee standing up. Uh, maybe maybe okay. Uh, five. Five. <laughs> Why do men suck? Oh, uh, because we do. Cool. <laughs> great question. I, uh, great question, great answer. That's what I'm going to say. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just that, like, I, like, I hate to steal Nick's answer from the chat, but it's that, like, consequences took a long time coming due, and now they're all coming due, right? Like, you can't spend millennia pretending to be better than everybody than like the rest of the human species and then uh, expect for that to go on forever you know uh and then and yeah i think this is just all the all the chickens coming home to roost mm-hmm. very mordo the bill always comes due <laughs> mordo. <laughs> uh yeah do i have any other reason i mean y'all just do sometimes mm. also like women suck like, have you met white women? Um, anyway. I'm going to get accused of reverse racism. <laughs> the centrists are going to come for me again. No, I, like, I just mean that, like, no matter where your genitalia and how you're socialized, you have the ability to suck. Uh, you know, just toxic masculinity makes it a, a higher percentage of suckage sometimes. I think that just might be part of, like, the human condition is the, the sucking. Yeah, yeah. Part of the whole, you know, being uh, a endless ball of need and uh, 
knowing that we're an endless ball of need. Right. Knowing, but sometimes unconsciously knowing. I think that's where a lot of the, the suckage comes from. Is mm-hmm. that like, there's a, there's that fear and insecurity in mm-hmm. us. That, but you know, that could also just be us here in the West. Um, because we know that our entire history is built on a lie. So mm-hmm. it just comes out in a lot of different ways. Um, did I ever tell you about the time that I was teaching, I think I was teaching Sunday school and we were going through some book of the Bible, um, and something happened and I was like, you know what? And it just sucks when this happens. And like the three former elementary school teachers in the room, like took a breath in and I was like, am I allowed to say that word here? Uh, and they're like, we know what you mean. I'm like, okay. So, uh, it's really difficult when you go through these situations so anyway, that's it. As I said that several times, that uh, that came to mind. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Why do people suck? You don't know. That's uh, that's why we have legends, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eleven. Eleven. Uh, is judgment a bad thing? Meaning, like, um, we're kind of told like over and over again to like not judge others and. Um, to to yeah just basically to not judge others because like you don't know what they're going through or like to not be so judgy but is judgment ever a good thing is it always a bad thing um so i think that like the problem with judgment is that i think that it does like inherently require a like hierarchy of some sort Ooh, okay that like in some regard, the person doing the judging is above the person being judged. Now, hmm, maybe. Now, like that's not that that's not to be like you know, uh, it, people who are oppressed trying to hold their oppressors accountable um, isn't uh, like the oppressed are actually up on top. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Right. Um, but it's, uh, in order to like presume that posture of proclaiming judgment is a, like, I am, I have access to, to something that makes me qualified to, to like to, to give judgment to lay judgment in a way that you lack and therefore I am capable of proclaiming judgment over you. Yeah, I mean I think I I yeah, I think I agree with that. I think that um probably judgment as a concept is something that like is kind of irredeemable to to us. But at the same time, I think like you have to hold people accountable. And holding somebody accountable to me is kind of separate from judgment. Like, accountable is we have all agreed on these, like, shared norms, shared ways of being together. So I'm not above you. I'm just holding you to the same standard that you already agreed to. Um, right. And and I think, so there's also, like, we associate judgment and, like, judging with negative. Like, mm. if I am judging you, that means that... I am saying, I like, I am noticing uh, some way that you are deficient. Yeah, right? but like but, the sheep and the goats, there are sheep. Yeah, 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 and like, like, to be proclaimed 
not guilty is a judgment. That's true. Um, and so, like, to say <clears throat> anytime that you're, like, anytime that any of us are, like, yeah, I'm just a total piece of shit, and someone else is, like, no, you're actually pretty great, that's a judgment. That is a judgment, too, yeah, yeah. And in that case, like, that's okay. Yeah, judge yeah. away, friends. Yeah, I think when judgment becomes an abuse of power is when um, is when it's a problem. And so, yeah, you kind of have to mentally rework all of the, the power dynamics of judgment. But also, like, there there is a real value to recognizing those with wisdom around you and asking them to... Weigh uh, in. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and to use their best judgment. And it's just when, like, when corruption and misplaced ideals and stuff gets in the way. Yeah, um, yeah I do want to... I probably want to poke at the hierarchy stuff of that, but... Which we do a little bit with Dylan in on Monday's episode. So oh, okay. tune back in for that. But yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so we have done two, four, five, six, seven, uh, ten and eleven. Three. Three. Why are potatoes the best? Oh, they're the worst. I love potatoes. Mm. <laughs> we could we I I would be totally fine, like, if we had to drop one starch from uh, human consumption of potatoes disappeared, I would be okay. Yeah, you would. But then you'd have to deal with me, who would be devastated. <laughs> what would I eat? I'd hate it. I love potatoes. Potatoes, to me, are the best. Um, well, you, you always have to cook them. That is a downfall of potatoes. Uncooked potatoes are not helpful at all. You, you have to cook every starch. Yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah, uh, I like potatoes because... Yeah, every grainy start, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like potatoes because they are uh, versatile. They make a lot of different things. Um, and they make most things, you know, like, every topping... Like, a lot of the stuff that you want to put on things, they're great on potatoes. So that's how I feel about potatoes. Potatoes are boring. Yeah, that's why they're such a great compliment. Potatoes are the table that holds up the rest of the food I want to eat. I could just eat the rest of the food that I want to eat. Well, I don't want to eat that without potatoes. I could eat it with rice. Yeah, but I'd rather have a potato. Why do I have rice? Civil War. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, give me another one. Uh, Have we said five? Yes. Uh, Eight? Uh, no. Eight. What is the best brand of coffee? The best brand of coffee? However you want to answer it, person who buys our coffee. <laughs> well, I, I, I really, I always, wherever I end up, like, I try to find the, um, a, a local roaster, mm. um, and buy from there with, like, a place that has, a some sort of, like, connection to or relationship with, like, more aspects of the supply chain. Mm. Um, so. Uh, the best coffee is your good local coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so find your, like, go to your, go to your, uh, local independent coffee shop and they often sell bags of coffee there and you can, that's where you can get coffee. The uh, but like, the best coffee is also coffee that you grind it right before you brew it. Yeah. Like. That's what I keep hearing you say. Like, I could go through that process of, like, buying 
super fancy, ultra expensive, uh, single origin coffee that was went through the digestive tract of a goat. Uh, that's a thing. That's a thing. I don't want it. Uh, it's actually very good. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, but like I could buy it and like buy it pre-ground and I could compare that with like, you know, supermarket brand coffee that I ground fresh before I brew it. And the supermarket coffee that I ground fresh is going to be better. It's going to be better. It's good yeah. to know. My answer is uh, the coffee that somebody else makes for me. It's <laughs> the best coffee. I Yeah, I have no taste. Uh, okay, next one. Uh, uh, you've got, let's see, 12, 9, and 1. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Uh, let's go with 1. If you could have one Pokemon, which one would it be and why? Uh, Charmander, because Charmander is a bamf. Little Charmander? Little Charmander. With a little flame tail? Hell yeah. What? He's a little bamf. <laughs> he's, he's tiny. He, and he catches things on fire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a bamf. He knows what he's doing. George, George. Charmander. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I would, uh, I'd get a Mr. Mime and, uh, send him after my worst enemies. <laughs> well, that's the most evil thing I can think of. Yeah. Okay, uh, you want to do nine? Twelve. Twelve. Uh, if you could wipe your memory and read a book for the first time, which book would you read? Read oh. a book again for the first time. Oh, um... I don't know. You're not a huge book person, though. No. The ADHD kind of robs you of that. Yeah. In many ways, every time I return to a book, it's like <laughs> I'm like reading I read it for the first time. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I have an answer to that one. Um, I would read uh, The Hero and the Crown by Robin McKinney. Mm. Um, it's about uh, this princess who fights dragons. And uh, also her evil uncle. And it's pretty great. It was a, like it was a really formative book for me, uh, just because it was like I mean it's like fantasy, but it was the first like fantasy book that I read that wasn't like elementary school level fantasy. It was like let's think of like bigger themes of who's in charge and who gets to do what and what does it mean to persevere through difficulty and what does it mean to make difficult choices. Yeah. Okay. I'd read that one again for the first time. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, I'm sorry that I jumped over your answer. No, I don't have an answer. Okay. Um, books were never very formative for me. Well, what was formative for you? I watch Iron Man again. Okay. <laughs> or Casablanca. Okay. Yeah, I buy that. I would wipe my memory to watch Casablanca for the first time again. Oh. Have you seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? I haven't, no. Oh, we should watch that. It's about this kind of stuff. Okay, are you ready? Number 12. 12. No, we just did that one. <laughs> Number 9. Uh, if the moon was made of spare ribs, would you eat it? Hell yes. <laughs> I would eat all of it. <laughs> okay. You would deprive the earth of the thing that anchors its axis and gives us seasons and the entire way of living that we know. I'd do it for the, for the ribs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think 
like we're picturing <laughs> what it would look like for the moon to be made of spare ribs uh, and how disgusting that is. <laughs> like, mm. like just the whole color scheme of it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to revise my answer and be like, no, because you're the way the way space works. Like, half of the moon was going to be burnt to a crisp, but the other half is going to be frozen solid. So you can really only eat the ones on the Terminator, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's not going to be, that's not going to work. So you would not, okay. I would not eat the moon. Also, you, like, you can't, like, you can't eat in a spacesuit. Not well, yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah. What if, what if, um... They mined the spare ribs under the surface of the moon and brought those back to the earth to cook. Ooh, ooh, that's an interesting question. Because, uh, like, that, yeah, are the, is, uh, are we talking, like, I, the way I had, the picture I had in mind was, like, the, the, the ribs were already cooked and they were the surface of the moon already. Like, you could just pick up. Off of the ground of the moon. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think, oh, we're dealing with raw meat on the moon. Well, that's, that's how I pictured it. Mm. It was raw meat. Rami, but like also like half of it is <laughs> cooked. And half burnt. of it is burnt to a crisp, and, and half, half of, of it, it is frozen. frozen. Yeah. <laughs> Freezer burn frozen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Spare rib moon running. Okay. <laughs> spare rib. Moon. There's also a lot. I mean, are the bones up there too? Like, I don't know. I've never eaten spare ribs. Spare ribs have bones. Well, no, I know. Yeah. Uh, I assume the bones are up there too. Yeah. So it probably would be pretty easy to, like, I mean, like, it wouldn't be as, as ridiculous as, like, coal mining. Those you get closer to the center of the moon, I'm sure that, like, all of that is compressed and, and inedible. You have to find, like, a sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. But if you could find those sweet spot ribs for the moon, you would eat all of them? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so... <laughs> I'm how, a mostly vegetarian. How convenient for you right now. <laughs> you know, in this very moment. <laughs> in this very moment. You're not going to eat the moon? Hmm, convenient. <laughs> yes, it is convenient for everything living on Earth that depends on seasons. <laughs> Here's looking at you, kid. And tides. <laughs> you know, they're not actually done by the little fishes, Ian. <laughs> But that's I a, guess that's a topic for another night. That's true. <laughs> well, thank you for podcasting with me for a year. Thank you for podcasting with me for a year. I love you. I love you too. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.